Good morning. If you have a Bible with you, turn with me to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 35. We are in our last Sunday um, as we look at vision for 2014 and beyond. I've been here pretty much the whole month of January, and uh, this is a sermon that I've entitled Vision to Action. So, taking vision and moving it to action. Isaiah chapter 35. I'm going to uh, read for us the whole chapter. Isaiah 35, excuse me, verse 1. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and bloom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands. Make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God, he will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. And then shall the lame man leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. For waters break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert and the burning sand shall become a pool. The thirsty ground springs of water. In the haunt of jackals where they lie down, the grass shall become like reeds and rushes and a highway shall be there. It shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. It shall become Excuse me, it shall belong to those who walk on the way. Even if they are fools, they shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow, and sighing shall flee away. Father, I bow before you. Again, I pray that you would meet with us. Father, these words, your words, would remain. Father, I ask that uh, if it's just words of of Brian Tillman, words of, of me, that God, we would be quick to forget them. But Father, if it is you, if it's your word, Father, would you allow it to stick and remain in our hearts? Would you allow it to drive and focus us, direct us to the work that you have for us? For us as as individual men and women, boys and girls, for this body. 
Father, I need to hear from you. We need to hear from you this morning. So, Lord, I pray that you would speak. God, you would speak to us, not just about forever out in the future, but, Father, you would also speak to us about today. You would speak to me about Monday morning and about this week that you have in store for me. God, you would draw us closer. I ask it in Christ's name. Amen. You're here today. You're here right now. You've just listened to and sung with a number of songs to prepare your heart to hear the Father. Back in the fall... Some of you have heard this, but back in the fall, I was challenged, I was encouraged to get along with, with God and over a number of days and find what He would have for this church, for 2014, for the, the future, for beyond. And as I spent time with Him, as I prayed, as I sought His face, He continued to remind me of this passage. It's one of my favorite passages in all the Old Testament, if not all the the Bible. Namely because of verse number 8. And a highway shall be there, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. It shall belong to those who walk on the way. Even if they are fools, they shall not go astray. The way of holiness. God reminded me of that over and over. And as I looked at all ten of the verses, started to unfold five different areas for River Bend and the vision that God has for us in this year and also beyond. I want to go over those. This is going to be a little different sermon than you would normally get, more than likely. But hopefully it will be one that will draw us all to action. The first, you see this, that we, His people, are to respond to God's word. On the screen, you'll see a slide that reads as following. We are vibrantly responding in joy to who God is, what He's done, and what He's said. Having experienced Him and being enabled by His Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, we worship Him both gathered as the body and scattered in homes and individually. Presenting our bodies... As living sacrifices, we live lives of worship to the only worthy one through prayer, reading of the word, giving, singing, and serving. That's worship. If you read that passage, verses 1 and 2, verses 9 and 10, you see that. At the beginning of it, at the end of it, it is all about worship. And that's what your life and that's what my life is to be about. It's to be about worship. Every single moment of every single day, you and I, whether we're gathered here on Sunday mornings or we're scattered from Memphis to Batesville to who knows where during the week, you and I are to 
worship. We're to worship. What is worship? Worship is understanding that there is something more than you. There are thousands, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands or millions of things that you can worship. There are tens and hundreds and even millions of things that people are worshiping right now all around the world. But there's only one person worthy of worship. He is the King of all kings. He is the Lord of all lords. He is on His throne today. He will be on His throne forevermore. And He desires for you and for me to worship. A few weeks ago, when when we looked at this main topic of responding to God's worth, we gave you, those that were here, we gave out bookmarks. And all it is is a tool. It's a tool for you to use, for me to use as I open God's Word, as you open God's Word and you read it, for us to come to understand what He is saying. Reminds me of the story of the Ethiopian eunuch in the book of Acts. The Ethiopian eunuch is on his chariot. Somebody's driving him down the desert road back to Africa, back to the kingdom where he is serving in. And as he has left Jerusalem, he has a scroll. And that scroll is the scroll of Isaiah or a portion of it. And he is reading it. And God picks up Philip from a revival where People are getting saved every day. And he picks him up and he puts him on the desert road where there's no one. And in a moment, the Ethiopian eunuch comes passing by and he sees that that guy has the scroll open and he starts running. Can you imagine this? Like going down Highway 51, seeing somebody in their car with the Bible and you just start running up against them. Say, hey, do you understand what you're saying, what you're reading? And the guy says, how can I? How can I understand unless somebody's there to guide me? And so Philip got in the chariot, started guiding him. That tool that we gave out, that bookmark, is like that in that when you read a passage of Scripture, you ask the who, what, why, when, where, all these questions to understand what God is saying. And also how you and I can apply it to our own lives today. This aid is here to help you ask the right questions. You know, we... We meet here every Sunday morning, and as we meet, we, we meet expecting God to move. God to move in your heart, and God to move in, in my heart, in our hearts. Uh, Stephen and I prepare to lead out in this time so that you and I would meet, not just meet with Him, but meet God. We prepare your hearts. We sing to prepare your hearts to hear God, hear His Word, and to allow Him to speak. We have this meeting every Sunday morning about 10 o'clock, if we start on time, 
And we have it for two main reasons. The first, there's a number of reasons why we do it, but two, let me draw your attention to them. The first is this, so that you who have lived the last week, maybe there were some struggles, maybe there's some triumphs, but, but the whole last seven days you have been in the world, You've been worshiping individually, and you are ready to come and collectively sing praises and hear. And the second is so that we can prepare you for this week to be out in the world. Because we don't know what's going to happen this week. We don't know what's going to happen Tuesday afternoon at 3 o'clock. Thursday at 10.30. You right now need to prepare for that. You right now, as a group and individuals, need to prepare even now for the week. This service allows us to praise His name. Both of these reasons are why we're here today. Both are goals that this team, myself, the staff, this praise band, the praise team that is here has in mind as we prepare, we want to lead you in worship so that the desert shall rejoice and blossom so that you might rejoice with joy and singing. How can you do that? couple of things as we move forward. You can come prepared. You can come expecting. And you can live ready. What do I mean by come, come prepared? Every single person here last night knew that Sunday morning was coming. It was Saturday night. Either you found yourself out on the town like uh, Paige and I did. Or you were at the house, but you knew that Sunday morning was coming in less than 12, 14 hours. Any of us? Any of us? Think about, Lord, I know that tomorrow I am going to come undressed with my microphone. No, I know that tomorrow I'm going to be in your house. And I know that we're going to come together and we're going to worship you. Lord, would you even now prepare my heart for what you have in store for me tomorrow? Maybe you woke up this morning. Maybe it was a 6.30 wake-up call. Maybe it was a 7.15 or maybe it was an 8.45. But you woke up. Was your first thought, oh my lands, it's raining outside. I don't know if I'm going to go or not. Or was it, Father? Today is your day. I get the opportunity to come together with brothers and sisters to worship you. Would you prepare my heart even now? Come prepared. Not only that, come expecting. Come expecting. Expecting what? Expecting God to move in your heart. God to move in our hearts. God to use us. God to glorify His name as we have come to celebrate and worship and praise His name. 
and then live ready. One of my pastor friends from Jackson has coined the term for his church, live sent. Every single day, you and I need to understand that we are here for a reason, and that reason is that He has sent us out. He has sent us out, as we have called, to rescue the fallen, to care for the community, and to strengthen the body. Let me read these three together, and you'll, they're on a screen, one for themselves. But let me read all three of them, and let's speak for just a moment. Rescuing the fallen. As Christ lives through us, we are His ambassadors on a rescue mission. We are unashamedly proclaiming the transforming, life-giving power of the cross to a fallen world. The cross alone, this is what we believe, the cross alone, Christ alone reveals the only way for man to be rescued from a godless eternity, to be released from a perverted culture, and to be freed from the enticing charm of a wicked heart. The deaf can hear and the blind can see as they have received the gospel of eternal life. Caring for the community. Christ is steadying the weak as we minister to those in need. The abandoned, the hurting, the helpless, the elderly, the poor. They're all around us meeting first their spiritual as well as their physical and emotional needs. We see the Lord reconciling relationships and rescuing those that are in bondage. The name of Christ is magnified and His kingdom glorified as we, His body, minister to these all around us. And then strengthening the body. Christ is strengthening the church, His body. As we are allowing the gifts given by the Spirit to flow through us. These abilities continue to strengthen weak hands, make firm, feeble knees, and are given for the express benefit of the body. The church is maturing as a result of the gifts given to the body. Gifts of leadership, teaching, faith, service, helps, administration, and many others all bring refreshment and nourishment to Christ's body, the church, as individual members use their spiritual gifts for the edification of the whole body. One way to look at these is just what I said, the live sent. There is a reason why you have remained here. Why God has allowed you to be here. After you've accepted Him as Lord and Savior, after you've said, yes, I bow the knee, yes, you are my Lord, why in the world are we here? It is so that you, and so that I, might be light in a dark world. So that you and I might witnesses, be witnesses of what Christ has done in us and through us and what He desires to do in and through those that have not come to know Him yet. We are here to be ambassadors for the King. We are here to rescue those that are fallen. They're fallen and they're looking dead, straight face. Into a godless eternity. There are two places that you or I or this world will spend eternity. One, we will spend eternity in heaven with the Father. Or two, we will spend eternity 
inhale away from the Father. As Christians, we won't face that godless eternity because we know Christ. But it's so easy for us to still be caught up in this perverted culture. It's still so easy for us to be enticed with the charm of a wicked heart. This past week I was uh, talking with a gentleman and as we were spending time talking, uh, we had decided that we were going to look at Matthew chapter 16. And as we looked at Matthew chapter 16, uh, there was a, a phrase, a verse that uh, I was taking him through and I was counseling myself as we were sitting there dialoguing back and forth. And in that phrase, in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, it says this, if anyone would come after me, he's got to do three things. He's got to deny himself, he's got to take up his cross, and he's got to follow me. If anybody's going to come after me, if anybody's going to be my follower, if anybody's going to be my disciple, if anybody's going to be a Christian, here's what must happen. He must deny himself, he must take up his cross, and he must follow me. And as we were looking at that, and I was asking some questions, and just to let you know, I don't know why I talk about all my failures up here, but i got to start picking on somebody else. But as I was talking with him, I asked the question, I knew the answer, but I asked the question, I said, would a crucified man, one who was walking to the cross, would that man, or for you ladies, would that lady, would he care about what golf clubs he had in his golf bag? Now, this guy that I'm talking with, he, he doesn't know what's happening in my life. And let me just let you in on what's happening in my life. Before he walked in, it's 5.30, 6 o'clock this week. Before he walked in, in my cart on Amazon, there was a golf club in it. All it was doing was waiting for me to push purchase. That's all it was doing. It was there. It is ready to come to 34 Tanner. Hope Paige isn't in here. It was ready to come to 34 Tanner Cove. And so I'm sitting here talking to this gentleman. And I said, would a crucified man care what club is in his bag? Would a crucified woman care what the logo is on the purse, on the shirt? Would a crucified person care how many cylinders are under the hood? What the camo looks like? What the shoes look like? A crucified person would not. I said, what was Jesus doing when he went to the cross? He was thinking about other people. You remember what was happening? He's up on the cross. He's crucified. He's nailed there. And what does he do? He looks down to John and he says, son, there's your mother. Mother, there's your son. A crucified person is worried, is concerned about the important things in life. And it cares not about a putter, about any of the other things, about what's on the DVR, if I got to watch them or not, if my team won or not. It cares not. Only the important things. 
They speak of the important things and those whom they love and those whom they care for. Our whole lives are to be that way. Our whole lives are to be as men and women who are crucified. And when we are crucified, God comes and saves us, verse 4. When we are crucified, God works in you, in the workplace. He works in us. With neighbors, He works in us and through us for His namesake in Hernando, DeSoto County, so that we might care for the community, so that we might strengthen the body. Way too often, you and I have a mindset that we're focused on these, this world. focus on this world and God says you know what I'll take care of the world I'll take care of your week I'll take care of February you just focus on me you're like I don't know how I'm going to pay the bill I've got to focus here and he said no you focus on me we'll take care of the bill now does that mean that 24 hours a day seven days a week, that you're supposed to have your biggest Bible underneath your arm and you are to be in the mode. Does that mean that if you say, yes, I'll focus on you, that God's next statement is, okay, I need you to go to sub-Saharan Africa for the rest of your lives. That's not what it means. It means that wherever He takes you Monday morning, wherever you go Tuesday afternoon, wherever you go this week, this month, that you would be available for Him to use, to speak through, to live through, to show off Him, not this world. person crucified or the one who is taking up their cross is the one whose soul mindset is to live a life surrendered to the Father. There are people that you're going to come in contact with today, this afternoon. You're going to come in contact with them this afternoon that will never in and of themselves, show up in this place. And there's people that are here today that would never show up at another church. There are people that are in your workplace that will never go to church before they die. Think about that. Before they die, they will never go to church. You and I. You and I are called to be Jesus. Sent. To rescue the fallen. How are we going to do it? How are we going to strengthen the body? How are we going to care for the community? How are we going to rescue the fallen? A couple of Monday nights from now, February the 24th, we are going to start going out into the community and visit people. People that come visit here, people that we know of, people neighborhoods that we are just getting the word out about River Bend, about 
Jesus, and I know some of you right now have just revolted. You're, you're wanting me to pray so you can leave quick. It's okay. There's a spot for you. And that spot may be that you just need to start praying. You need to be praying for those that are going to go out on Monday nights. Some of you are like, there's no way. I'll go hang something on somebody's door, but I won't talk. Okay. Go hang something on somebody's door. Monday night at 24. Some of you will say, hey, I'll go and, and I'll, I'll, I'll talk with somebody that I know. Maybe they're new here. Okay, go talk with somebody that is new here. And then there are those who will say, you know what? I'll go and I'll share Christ. The opportunity permits. But we'll meet here on Monday, the 24th, a couple of weeks from now. And we'll just go out and see what God does. Because you and I have to come to this point. We have to first believe that He is who He says He is. And if we believe that He is who He says He is, then we must obey Him, for He is God. How do we strengthen the body? The way we strengthen the body or we help to strengthen the body at Riverbend is through Connect. I did this last week. Um, I'll do it again this morning. Um, if you are a Connect leader, uh, please stand up. We've got Ben Bourne right over here. We've got Clay Taylor back in the back in the sound booth. So is John Hanson. We've got Todd McGinnis right here. I'm here. Uh, Jared Barnhill is in the house uh, right there. Um, Kurt Walker is not here. Brandon Potts is not here. If you're looking for a Super Bowl party, talk to one of these guys. We'll find you one. We're having them at different places in homes uh, some of us are this evening. Some of us are going together. If you're not in a connect group, you need to be in a connect group. I say this unashamedly. If you're only going to give me one hour a week, if you're going to give Riverbend one hour a week, find one of those guys and go there. That's where ministry happens. You're going to go through some stuff this month, this semester, that you don't know what's coming, and you need people around you to minister, to help, encourage, to pray for, to lift you up. And they're going to go through the same stuff, and they need you. Care for the community. Throughout the year, we'll be going through having different days, different events that we can just serve the community around us. There'll be some that are... Um, focused on families, there'll be some that are focused just for our men, some for our women, but we are planning those in a way that we can reach out and just love on the community. When you see one of those things, when you're directed in that area, as an announcement comes up in the coming weeks, say, you know what, that's somewhere I need to be. Just so I can love on Hernando, so I can love on DeSoto County, so I can love on these ladies, so I can love on these families, so I can just help out. Finally, we see that that verse that jumped out at me and continues to in verse number 8, a highway shall be there, it shall be called a way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, it shall belong to those that walk on the way. You and I are to live Christ's life. The statement that we put together was this. Our bodies 
having been indwelt with His Spirit at our rebirth. So at our salvation, when we became Christians, at our rebirth, His Spirit indwelt us. Having become temples of the living God, living Christ's life is the Spirit-filled life. As He lives through us, we're yielding ourselves to Him, having reckoned the old man dead and Christ as alive within us. This means that we no longer live, but that Christ lives through us. As we walk in the way of holiness, we now have His mind and His grace to rest crucified in Him. This week I was reading in my devotion time, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and 1 Corinthians chapter 7. In both of those chapters, Paul is talking to a bunch of worldly Christians and he says, in essence, this. You're not your own. You're not your own. If you are a Christian, you're Christ. Brian Tillman can no longer rule over Brian Tillman. If I've bowed the knee, if I've surrendered my life to him, if I've said, yes, you're my Lord and my Savior, I no longer am in charge. Paul says in chapter 6 and also in chapter 7 that you, Sir, you, ma'am, you have been bought with a price. And that price was the blood of Jesus Christ. You're God's. He is your Lord. And you and I are to surrender to Him. So how do we do it? How do we live this area? How do we live these areas? It's only by yielding your heart, your mind, your life to His. You've got to come to the, to the place where you ask this question and you'll act upon it. Is God who He says He is? You and I can't see God. Yesterday, I saw the North Carolina Tar Heels beat the North Carolina State Wolfpack. I saw, I saw it with my eyes, and I was grateful that they did. I also saw the University of Syracuse, actually I heard the University of Syracuse beat Duke, and that's the second best thing that could happen to a Carolina fan. Duke lose, Carolina win. It's a great day. I saw that. I can't see God. But He is more real to me. than the basketball team that I cheer for every now and then. He is more real to me than the platform that I'm standing on because of who He is. And if He is who He says He is, you and I must, as sons and daughters of the King, we must obey. He desires for you and for me to grow. He has your very best, your best, at heart. And He is there for you to come and enjoy. 
He has the very best for us or He's not who He says He is. He desires for us to grow and for Him to make you look like Him or He's not who He says He is. He's coming to receive you back to Himself or He's not who He says He is. He will provide what you need or He's not who He says He is. He is God. He is Lord. He knows all. He has the absolute best. Will you allow Him to rule and reign in you? Or will you just say, you know what, I'm just going to look at Him as one who's going to take care of forever, but I'll take care of Monday through Sunday. I want to spend eternity with you, Lord, but I want to rule today. I can't have it both ways. I can't have it both ways. None of us can have it both ways. Either he's Lord now or he's not Lord at all. Heavenly Father, I bow before you. Father, I pray that we, your children, would understand who you are. Father, that we would understand how much you love us. Father, what you've done for us. You have loved us and continue to unconditionally. Thank you. Thank you for giving your best, your son precious spotless blood to take our place, to cover our sins, to pay for our sins, to take on the wrath that comes from you instead of it coming on us, it went on your son. Oh, Father, would we, would I understand that even more so that Monday at 1030, at night, when the family is not doing what the family needs to do, when I'm not doing what I need to do, that I would be reminded that we, on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Father, we'd be reminded that you are overall and what your desire is for us. Sir, you're here today not because of coincidence. You're here because God is desiring to speak into your heart and into your life. Maybe it's that you need to come to the altar. The invitation is open. You come bow the knee physically, bow the head and just cry out to Him. Ma'am, maybe you're here today because you don't know Jesus Christ. You've never accepted Him as Lord and Savior. He loves you. He desires for you to know Him. Why don't you come and let me introduce Him to you. Whatever He is asking from you right now, don't hesitate. Obey. Obey as we stand and as we sing.